Daily Tap is live for Tuesday. We are going to go through the biggest Packer what-ifs. We're also going to play the Packer Playoff Simulator. It is back, at least for a couple of weeks. Uh, we will also talk about the Bucks' continued home dominance. And then we'll get into a little bit of Chuck's Corner. We're going to talk about how everybody is a soccer fan. So we'll do a little sports, but it's, you know. It's more fun at the end uh, than it is our local squad. Uh, before you get going, make sure that you are following along on social media. Tabin Keg Sports uh, on <laughs> Instagram. I said that. Sports. Instagram and TikTok. Uh, Tabin Keg on Twitter. Uh, much appreciated. We're also on Facebook if you care, but uh, you, you, don't, you don't need to be sporting there. We want you on the other three. Anyways, uh, make sure that you're leaving a rating and review. We really appreciate them. We just got one uh, from somebody the other day. Shout out. Uh, basically said their buddy turned him on to it. So that's exactly what we're looking for. So if we just keep building this chain of buddies where it's like one buddy suggests it to the other buddy, throw it in the group chat. Maybe you guys need something to listen to uh, when it comes to the holiday break here. Uh, the, you, you got drives coming up. Like We have a lot of good podcast content for you that will take you a long way. Like You, listen, you can jam out with keg jams. Uh, that's still relevant stuff. You can do Mitch and I's podcast. You can do this one. Um, we'll probably have another podcast for Wednesday. Um, that might be the end of it. I don't know. Friday, Friday is going to be tough. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Friday is going to be a difficult one because as of now, I believe I'm going to be out at the Bucks game on Wednesday night. Um, and if that's the case, that's great. Um, but that also means I might have a few more beverages. And on Thanksgiving night, I would love to like do a whole Packer pod as well as some observations from the Fiserv. But usually once you do two Thanksgivings, which I have to do, uh, you're pretty, pretty fucking tired. You're pretty tired. You're just, I always want, you just want to go to bed. And there's a lot of basketball and a lot of sports to put wagers on on Friday. Um, I don't know if I'm going to survive Feast Week. Uh, it's Feast Week. It's the World Cup. We got action today. Um, it's, it's just a cornucopia of sports. It's a, it is a bukkake of sports. Now, I know that's more inappropriate. Cornucopia was much nicer, and then I had to get dirty with it. But, you know, when you tape a late podcast, you're, you're feeling loose. It's a loose week as is. Uh, you got you to gotta bring, bring the goddamn noise sometimes. All right. I'm in a punchy mood. Let's talk about Packers what ifs. When you are a four and seven team, you think about a lot of the what ifs. This actually podcast topic was sprung because I was listening to Ryan Rosillo and Chris Long. And Chris Long talked about how sometimes it was better with the two and 15 years, or, or actually at that time they were two and 14. But Long basically described like when you were bad, you just kind of knew it, and it was there's nothing you can do. You just sucked, and you weren't a good football team. The Houston Texans and all those guys and their fans are right now knowing they're a bad football team and they're prepping for the future. If we were doing a Texans podcast, I think I would be standing on the table explaining why the Texans should not draft a quarterback next season. They should get some veteran in there, pick your poison, whether it's Baker Mayfield, whether it may be a revival of Zach Wilson, right? Um, do something like that instead of drafting a quarterback because Caleb Williams is that fucking good. And if you have another shot 
and a number one pick the following year, you should take that shot with Caleb Williams. I think everybody should be planning for Caleb Williams in 2024, who is on the French, and I would include the Packers in that conversation. But we're not ready to have that conversation. We we might have that later this offseason. We might have that at some other point. But right now, I think any team who's not with a legit 10-year guy, they should be looking at Caleb Williams. But so yeah, as a Packer podcast, we are looking at a team who is four and seven, who still has an outside shot at the playoffs. The chances are slim and none. The Packers have a chance by the end of next week to either get up to like 28%, I think I saw, or be down to 1%. The, the level of variance is very high. But if Green Bay were to beat Philadelphia, and Philadelphia does not look like world beaters as it did a couple weeks ago, Packers are five and seven with a legitimate shot at the playoffs with the tightening starting to show with the New York Giants. I thought you saw a little bit of that with the Seattle Seahawks. I think this is a big game for Seattle this weekend at home against Las Vegas where they should win that game, right? They should take care of business. But could the Vegas Raiders, you know, galvanize themselves from the win against the Denver Broncos? And the fact that Vegas has lost six one-loss games and sometimes the rooster comes home to roost, the Vikings differential. We'll talk all about the playoff simulator, but that's why you wonder about what ifs. And if just this thing would have happened, maybe everything is different. Maybe things completely change the season and we're not talking about a four and seven Packer team. So the number one Packer what if is what if they would have taken the bye after London? Matt LaFleur mentioned this in his Friday press conference. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot, that Green Bay decided not to take the bye. Green Bay's taking the bye at the end of the year. They're going to have the bye the December 10th and 11th, right? That week. I believe that's week 14. Green Bay will have a bye then. And if Green Bay builds some momentum here, they beat the Eagles, they beat the Bears, all of a sudden the Packers have won three of their last four games, and then they get a week off. Yes, that will get people healthy. Yes, that will get people right. But at the same time, don't you want to keep that momentum? That would be the first real momentum that Green Bay would have all season. And now you're coming off by, which has been a shaky scenario for LaFleur. It was better last year. I think it was it was not good. In, no, it was, was it good in 2020? I can't remember. But regardless, it, it, it was an issue the first time around. The Chargers game was the infamous one off a of bye for the Green Bay Packers. It did not work out well. Um, so hopefully it will be better for the Green Bay Packers off that bye against a hapless Rams team on Monday Night Football where no one for the Rams will want to be there. The The chance for momentum is certainly there. But if Green Bay would have taken that bye after London and it would have been week five, week six of the season, so you would not have played the Jets and the Packers looked a little lackadaisical, they didn't look like they want to be there. To me, that is the one game besides Minnesota where I can easily say the Packers lost that game, where I can't really defend it. I can't can't say, well, if it broke either way. And it, there's, not, there's nothing to that. They got their asses kicked. And part of it, I do believe, was that they were not prepared after the London trip. And the Packers, the preparation has been a major issue all season. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what ifs. Had the Packers taken a bye then, right? And they didn't play in week six. And they got a chance to kind of reset. They're a three and two football team. And if they're playing Washington or they were playing another home game against the New York Jets the following week, who knows? Maybe things are different. What if that is the thing that turned it around a little bit and let Green Bay to be like, the Giants are a blip on the radar. We're not going to let this sort of stick with us. 
all of a sudden we win, it's four and two. Yeah, maybe you lose to Detroit, maybe you lose to Buffalo, maybe right now Green Bay is only something like you know, six and four or five and five. But I think if we were five and five right now, all of a sudden the Green Bay Packers are lurking with a fraudulent Vikings team hanging out in the distance at the top of the NFC North. Another what if for the Green Bay Packers, what if Aaron Rodgers showed up to OTAs? I think this is going to be a huge topic of conversation later this year and into next offseason. Aaron Rodgers has a lot of pressure on him next year if he's coming back. And there is going to be a lot of people pointing to the fact that Aaron Rodgers did not show up for OTAs. Peter King pointed out. Mike Florio wrote an article. I'm usually not a fan of Florio and Rodgers articles, but it was shared with me from a friend. Shout out, coach. And it was all, it was all spot on. It was mostly from Peter King, but it was Florio adding a little bit of his opinion as well, where Rodgers has to be all in for the entire offseason or he's out, right? It, it's one or the other. And Aaron Rodgers has detested the offseason work, and he feels like he can do it on his own. And I just don't think that's going to fly with this young team. They are developing. There's chemistry building in that locker room. And Green Bay needs to make sure that it stays the 100%. And had Rodgers been there from the start, had Rodgers led from the front, maybe this, maybe it's a little different. I mean, you could point to if you're Aaron Rodgers, right? If you want to push back on this and be a you know, contrarian, Rodgers could say, well, look, we started three and one. We didn't have any problem with our start. Our start wasn't our problem. It was our middle. But at the same time, that the middle portion was when, you know, Watson gets hurt and when Dobbs kind of is just on and off and we don't really know what you have. And so I still think it matters. Like I still think it would have been important. And even if it's just storylines of Aaron Rodgers having, you know, the guys out in Malibu for two weeks. And I've talked about that a lot. That I that was the one thing that I wanted from Aaron Rodgers this offseason. I never got it. And so the the idea that Rodgers could have been a leader and people could have seen him there and not seen him better than everybody else, I think really does matter. Like I think that would have really been important. And so yes, I, I think Aaron Rodgers showing up to OTAs is a significant what if. I think the buy stuff still matters. I think the I think yes, if could the Packers be four and seven, even if Rodgers showed up to OTAs, maybe. And then you're never gonna get him back. But I do think it's a card that Green Bay is going to play. I think Green Bay probably had the attitude, well, if we keep winning, you can keep doing the schedule. But I think there is going to be whole scale changes in the Green Bay Packers organization from Mark Murphy to the last guy on the roster. And I've said that a couple times now, and I truly do believe that if the Packers trend the way they have been. What if the Packers had won at least Washington or Detroit? That is a great question. And as a great what if, because either of those games could have broke the Packers way. Those are total either or games. And you're going to have those in the NFL season. And Matt LaFleur and his teams have caught some lucky breaks throughout his first three years as a head coach, and he's not getting any of those breaks. Packers have not got a break all fucking season. And had they beat Washington or had they beat Detroit, right now Green Bay is sitting at five and six. And they have a tiebreaker against Detroit, who's suddenly four and seven, or four and six, I can't remember if they've had a bye. And and the Washington Commanders, who all of a sudden now are five and six. And they have one, one less win. But now you have to compete with Washington for sure. And you might have to compete with Detroit. Like It's not out of question Detroit beats Buffalo on Tuesday, on Thursday. I'm not putting Buffalo in anything. I'm not putting them in a tease. I'm not putting them in a money line parlay. 
I will tell you, I will bet Detroit. I will not bet the money line, but I will not be surprised Detroit wins that football game. I, I just, it's a lot going on with Buffalo, man. And Detroit, like, I just feel better about the teams who know Thanksgiving's on their schedule every every year. And I think the Cowboys, it's worked out sometimes, sometimes it doesn't, right? The Cowboys have definitely let me down. I remember I bet big on the Cowboys against the Bills and Josh Allen, and they they won, they lost outright. Like, I had, a, I had like, a parlay tied to it. I, I forget how it was, but it was, it was ugly. It was an ugly scene. So... Uh, I'm not, it's not always the most sound logic. That said, I, I just I look at that Detroit team and they have a pretty easy schedule after Buffalo. So it, it, that's a little worrisome if you're the Green Bay Packers because now all of a sudden you are fighting with the New York Giants. The, and you could add the Giants to this what if. You're fighting the Giants, the Commanders, the Lions, all for playoff spots. The only tiebreaker right now you have working for you is against the Seahawks, as I see it. So that's that's a real issue. You've dug yourself quite a hole. What if the Packers would have moved off Darnell Savage a few weeks earlier? I, I do think it would have helped the defense. I don't know if Rudy Ford is as good as I think my counterpart Mitch made him out to be yesterday, but I still think that it would have made a difference. I think Darnell Savage is lost. I can't believe Brian Gunacus decided to give him $9 million this year. I don't know what he saw last year to make sure that Darnell Savage gets $9 million guaranteed. I don't know how you move off of that. I mean, you could maybe put him in a trade package, but that doesn't seem to exist in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, it's it's bad. I, I don't know. You have to work on fixing Savage. And I don't know, maybe it's Joe Barry's system. Maybe the next guy that comes in, maybe that fixes it. But yeah, Savage is a fucking mess. And I think that would have helped things a little bit. I think the safeties have been a problem all season. Um, it's something that I'm going to target early in the draft if I'm agree with Packers. And yeah, I, I do think it would help would have helped that defense and helped that defensive secondary. And there's still way too much fucking miscommunication for a group of guys that played with each other. Just does not does not comprehend. What if Christian Watson doesn't drop the pass to start the season? You could argue that first play of the game has a theme to the season, and that pass sort of set the tone. And if Watson catches that and runs it in for six and the Green Packers are up 7 nothing against that Minnesota Vikings team, it might have been all systems go. Green Bay might have ran, ran it down Minnesota's throat. Green Bay might have been 4-0 to start the season. Yeah, maybe they had a little turmoil. Maybe they lost to London. Maybe they lose to Buffalo. But maybe Green Bay is right there with San Francisco, with Minnesota, with Philadelphia, with Dallas. And we're talking about a Philly-Green Bay showdown that could be for a one-seed potential tiebreaker with the Packers already having a tiebreaker against Dallas. That's the conversation we could be having right now. But we're not because Christian Washington dropped the ball. But it's also kind of ridiculous to hold stock in one drop pass. So I, uh, I, I do recognize that. And I, I do believe that, you know, you never know. Green Bay could have scored that one touchdown and that could have been it. And Green Bay loses the same way they did to start the season. And we, we're still talking about the awesome play, but we're also talking about the fact the Packers lost. What if Green Bay comes back to life? Let's let's flip it on top. Let's talk, let's look forward. I think no, there's no team that Green Bay that people want to see in the postseason than the Green Bay Packers. Pretty Shager had the comment. I know he revised it after the Titans beat us, but he's like, you don't want to let Aaron Rodgers back in the club. Like, you don't want Aaron Rodgers there. And it couldn't be more true. 
Do you think any of the teams who are in the top four seeds want to see the likes of Aaron Rodgers or or Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke? Do you think who do you think they'd rather see? Taylor Heineke is the only one that gives you a little bit of pause. But if the bad man's there, and I, I've said this a couple times, worst nightmare for the Vikings is the Packers in round one, even in Minnesota, because you'll probably get up to be primetime. So your primetime Kurt, there's no way Kurt's going to get away with the noon start against the Packers. That's number one. Number two, there is that weird Packer-Viking rivalry, and there is that ownership factor that the Green Bay Packers have. You know, I did a TikTok to yesterday about how great Sunday was, and we talked about that on, on the show with Mitch. And a Vikings fan was like, well, he asked why they're fraudulent. And I'm like, dude, like, what, have you watched? They, of course they are. Uh, but no, I didn't say that. But it, the other part he asked is like, well, we give you guys a hard time because you guys have been good for 25 years. We are their daddy, all right? Like, point blank, we are East Dakota's daddy. And they run from us. They're scared of us. And they know we are at least, if we get hot, that fucking scares them. And they might not admit it. Paul Allen, I'm sure, won't. But they know that we're, we're creeping. And they don't want it. So I do, and, and that, that, I don't know if that goes for everybody. I mean, it would be pretty ironic if, and very Packers, uh, you know, how the luck, how everything has, you know, crumbled, right? To go from making the playoffs and then seeing San Francisco round one. Wouldn't that be perfect, right? You get San Francisco week one, get wild card round, they're two seed or they're three seed, and you're there. That'd be something else. That would be the start of the revenge tour. But yeah, don't let us back in the club, baby. If we get in, look the fuck out. So yeah, there's there's still a chance that Green Bay can come back to life. Am I? Do I believe it as much as I did last Monday or last Tuesday at this time? No, I don't. I don't feel as good. I still hope it. I still. I still. Still think about it. Just tell my wife today. Like I'm trying to care less. When we enter the game, like, I'm not going to worry about, like, changing seat positions. I'm not going to worry about what shirt I wear, what beer I drink. Like, it's going to be all out, like, I am just, I am just saying, fuck the superstitions. And we're going back to the well. And we're just not thinking about it. I will say, I will say, and it would take a lot. But I didn't wear any Packer gear when we went on a run for a Super Bowl. I wore this shirt. doesn't fit me anymore. Whatever. It's here nor there. Uh, but I wore this one like long sleeve like black and black and gray shirt the entire time. Because that became the lucky shirt. Not not any of my Packer year. I'm ready to do it again. So we'll see. But yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk more about me trying to decompress and just take it as like I would with like a Brewer game or a Bucks game in the middle of the year. All right. Let's move on to the Packer Playoff Simulator. So what this is, uh, I, I did this a little bit. Before I like was smart about segments, I will say that that's something I, I missed um, when I was younger. We don't need to psychoanalyze analyze me as a podcast host, but I didn't do a good enough job of that. And then I remember I was listening to a podcast with Big Cat. He's talking about that, about how PMT has created you know, all these different segments and people like them and everything like that. So then I've been really diligent about creating segments for you guys because I, I think it's important and I think it helps build structure. And you're like, oh yeah, 
it's what I come to expect when we're talking about the Packers. We're going to get golden kegs. And and now I've added, like, questions to the bar because I like doing that. And I think it's a good good little segment. And, if, and like, again, if you always have feedback, you can let me know. Tapping the keg sports on Twitter. Tapping the keg on Twitter. Or tapping the keg sports on Instagram. Tapping the keg on Twitter. But, yes, the playoff simulator is something I would do on occasion. Uh, it would be Tuesday night uh, right after the week was over. And we'd look at what sort of stood out and run through the rest of the season as how we feel about it right now. So here are a couple of notes before I unveil, unveil what will happen. I do not have the Packers in the playoffs at this point. Uh, the path for the Packers is really hard. We mentioned that, right? You don't have tiebreakers against Washington. You don't have tiebreakers against the Giants. You have a tiebreaker against Seattle. Right now, you don't have a tiebreaker against Detroit. If you beat Detroit in the last game of the season, you definitely do. But Detroit has a sneaky, easy schedule after Buffalo. So if Detroit were to win on Thanksgiving, all of a sudden, the Lions, there's a path. And I know that's a scary thing to think about, but there is a fucking path for the Lions to make the playoffs. And if the Lions and Vikings make the playoffs, that's like worst nightmare shit. I remember, say 2018, the Vikings and Bears, the Vikings and Bears won't make the playoffs in that year. I think they did. But that was sucked. Um, there was one of those years, whether it was 2017 or 2018, both those teams made the playoffs, and that was not great. But anyways, it's very hard as it stands today. I have one team at 9-8 and eight getting in, and that is the Giants of New York. I have Seattle getting in at 10-7. I did have Seattle with, with potentially a 9-8 and eight opportunity. They were 9-7, and seven, and then they beat the Los Angeles Rams in week 18 of the season to get to 10-7 and, and be three-seed. Packers would get in at 10 and 7 in my how I modeled it, but running the table feels unlikely. I really don't see them beating both Miami and Philadelphia. I just don't. I mean, they could. Could they? Yeah. I mean, I guess the only thing you have going for you with Miami, first of all, I mean, if they have a two injury, I don't know. And I'm not, I don't want that, right? Shout out to my two and on boys. Shout out to my, my Dolphin fans' friends. I have more than I, I used to, thanks to my guy Murph. Uh, but. That would affect them, right? Or if one of their receivers were down or something else. You know, we're a long way away from the Dolphins game, which is a month from now, right? When we're getting done with our Christmas shopping and having to watch the game with people that we don't usually watch the game with. So, yes, there is that. Um, number two is, yeah, I just 10-7 just does not seem possible to me. Uh, it could happen, uh, but it would be very unlikely. And if we're doing running the table two, we're going to print the fucking shirts. Like, we'll do run the table two with, like, I mean, I don't know if we'd go men in black two. I, I like kind of the uh, two eyes when, you you know, you do that. Like, that would, that's kind of the, the design we'd go with. Uh, but, yes, if they run the table again, print the goddamn shirts. We will do it again. Okay. But I, I don't think it will happen. Anyways. Uh, also, there's no chance for Viking collapse. I looked into that because the point differential stuff's really odd for Minnesota. So if you're unfamiliar, Vikings right now have the 16th best point differential, meaning there are 15 teams in the NFL that have a better point differential than the Minnesota Vikings, meaning the Vikings are winning a ton of close games. They're pulling games out of their ass, and they're getting blown out from time to time, which means the Vikings are probably an average team. But they might have built up enough wins that it doesn't fucking matter. I, guys, I, I want to find the Vikings collapse in there. I want to pull out and say the Vikings will completely fall apart in the second half of the season. 
but I just do not see it possible because there are, you know, there are different opportunities for Kirk Cousins to be great. I love the Patriot. I love the Patriots um, to, on Thanksgiving. Give me that all day of the week. But then they play the New York Jets uh, with ten days off, and likely Joe Flacco at quarterback. I think they can handle that. Then they go to Detroit, frisky game, but probably okay. But they've struggled in Detroit in the past. Then they are home for the Colts, home for the Giants. Then they go to Green Bay, which will be cold. Might be our Packers' second Super Bowl if, you, if we're out of it. And just beat the Vikings and the Cowboys at home. And then they go to the Bears. And so two cold weather games that in the season. Not, not exactly what you want. But I, I just can't see. I mean, for the Vikings to collapse. Right now they're 8-2, and two, right? Um, they lose to the Patriots. Let's just say they do that. Do you really see four losses, four more losses out of the Jets, the Lions, the Colts, the Giants, the Packers, and the Bears? I mean, at best, I would probably put the Packers, the Giants, and the Lions. I, I could see three, but that that's all I'm going. Like, if you were to say, what would you take, what would you bet it, bet it at? I'd say two and a half, honestly. I, I, I don't... I don't feel that confident in it, so I apologize. I wish that I could tell you that the Vikings would collapse and that there would be a chance at the NFC North title. I think that is, I don't want to say it's, the ship has sailed, but the ship is in the harbor, uh, ready to depart. Not sure why I did a uh, Boston accent for a Minnesota team, but that's here and there. All right, so what the playoffs would look like right now, I have Dallas as the number one seed. I have the 49ers and Giants, classic NFC rivalry uh, as your 2-7 game. Minnesota-Seattle, uh, definitely a noon start. That'll work for Kirk Cousins. And Tampa Bay-Philly uh, in Tampa Bay. So a rematch of last year, a lot different. I would imagine that actually might get a primetime slot. Although I've given up figuring out how to structure the playoffs anymore with how it's all spread out now. I hate it. I used to love predicting, oh, yeah, that's a primetime game. Now we have, like, three primetime games. They ruined it. Whatever. If you're curious in the AFC, uh, I have Kansas City as the number one seed, Tennessee as number two, playing the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, that will be a rematch. They play each other later this season, uh, so we'll have a rematch of that. Buffalo, New England, round two in the playoffs. And then Baltimore-Miami, another one that I feel like you have to get on primetime. Like, Baltimore-Miami was an electric game, one of the best games of the year. Um, you'd get Baltimore-Miami again. Cincinnati out of the playoffs, by the way, If you oh, and also the New York Jets. Uh, so, yes, uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, the Commanders did not get in. Uh, that's probably the snub on the NFC side. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll see, see how it goes. And... We'll at least do two more weeks. Well, at least do one more week, right? Well, we'll get eight losses if we lose to Philly. So we lost to Philly. We would do we would do it until we got to nine losses. So we're going to do this until we get to nine losses. And we'll see how realistic everything is. We'll try to be fair about it. Like, I originally had us beating the Dolphins, and I was like, no way. I was like, all right, we have to put a loss out somewhere. And that's where I did it, and here we are. So... That's what it looks like. Um, I'm sure it will change week to week. I'm trying to keep it noted so I can see kind of the progression of how it is, how our opinions change, how we feel about different teams um, as the weeks go on. All right, let's move on to talk a little basketball. Uh, like I said, a feast week. You also got some NBA going. Uh, I do want to talk, speaking of feast week, before we talk about the Bucks. 
I want to talk about Marquette. I kind of want to talk about Wisconsin, too. I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to watch Wisconsin. Again, I don't actively seek out the Badgers. Uh, but I do want to talk you know, kind of where we are with Marquette after after that game, heading in, after their game against Georgia Tech, heading into the game against Baylor, um, and just sort of where, where it sits. Because I kind of think if they don't beat Georgia Tech, it's a little bit of a danger zone for them. But, again, uh, we'll, we can talk about that next week or later this week if I get a chance to do a Friday pod. All right, that said, let's talk about the Bucs. So the Bucs continue to be awesome at home. The Bucs have lost one game total at home. It was that Atlanta game. Uh, the Bucs are 9-1 at home right now. They have taken full advantage of their early November schedule, which featured a ton of home games. Their December does not. So if you're trying to go see the Bucs, I would recommend it. Uh, there's ample opportunity. I know the crowd's probably Friday, Saturday, fr- or Wednesday, Friday. It'll be really tough to get into, but maybe there's an area of opportunity. Maybe you could say fuck the Packers and go watch Luca versus Giannis on Sunday, Sunday evening. Now, why that game isn't at 5 o'clock to just go right into it, I don't know. Uh, that feels dumb to me. Like, I, I know that it, the NBA doesn't give a shit, and I know there are NBA fans who'd rather watch that, but why wouldn't you do that? Like, I guess I maybe I'm just a unicorn. Like, maybe I'm just somebody who cares way too much, and it's probably why it drives my wife crazy. Because my wife's like, yeah, there's some people who just like one sport, right? Or just like two sports, and you like all of them. Like, we got into soccer. We're going to talk about that at Chuck's Corner. Like, I don't know. And yeah, it just happens that way, man. That's why I don't watch the F1 show on Netflix. Because I know if I start watching an F1 Netflix show, I'll be fucking sucked into F1. And I don't need that. I have enough, I have enough sports in my life. Like I, I don't need to be looking up odds for the F1 race on Saturday night, drunk as shit. Like can't have that. All right, sidetrack again on the Bucks. Sorry. So anyways, uh, the Bucks have done really well at home. And it's good to see, man. I think that's what you want. I think, A, it, it brings the fans back, right? Because you're, you're hoping to see a Bucks win. And the Bucks are also taking care of business. And the Bucks are making sure that they are not, you know, missing out on those ample opportunities. Not that tonight was one that the Bucks had to have. Like, if they would lose to Portland, it'd be frustrating. But the next two games are going to be a little more difficult. And you get a Portland team without Damian Lillard. And Portland hit a bunch of shots early, and then the Bucks shut it down in the second half. And that's what you want to see. Uh, the Bucks were up as much as 14 points late in that fourth quarter. Uh, Portland got a couple shots late. Sorry to those who might have had the eight and a half. They got hooked there. That was a brutal, brutal beat because the Bucks, I think, were up 119 to 106. And then the Portland got four more point, five more points right at the end of the game. But yeah, it's it's good to see. And it's and the Giannis Antetokounmpo stuff. Everybody was all over Giannis's ass being like, whoa, I don't know what's wrong with Giannis, lethal shooter, all this other bullshit. And then Giannis goes out and has 37 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. And it looked awesome. Dunked on Nurkic. Kind of talked about it on Monday's pod about how Giannis has owned this matchup against Portland because Portland has zero bodies to guard him. They don't have a ton of size. And Giannis took full advantage of that. And looked like the Giannis that we've come to know and love and that why I didn't worry about it. Like if you go back and you listen to Monday's pod and then you watch the honest highlights, you're like, yeah, these guys nailed it. And, and we did. And, and I think people who are worried about Giannis or who were worried about Giannis are those who are a little younger, right? Who might not necessarily understand how the ebbs and flows of sports work. And some, some are masquerading as Bucks fans, but they're really Packer fans, right? 
There are Packer fans who have floated to the Bucks after their championship. There are so many more people that I just see in random Bucks gear that I, I've never really seen in my life. And it was kind of the same how the Brewers were when Prince and Braun sort of rose up to the occasion. Um, it's 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 it that on steroids because they won the fucking championship and now everybody's Bucks fans, right? And so this sort of fear of Giannis is almost like a one bad Roger start, and one bad Roger start is probably equal to and have to do the math on it, but it'd probably be equal to five or six bad Giannis start. Which you could argue, yeah, this was a rough stretch, but still, it's November. As I told Mitch, like I'm not I'm not ready to freak out about anything Bucks related until Christmas or in January. Like if they lose to Atlanta in January and they're they're full fully healthy, uh, both sides, then I worry a little bit about Atlanta. All right, like that's that's a great example of something that where I'm a little worried. If Philadelphia beats them up again at home. Um, on the 4th of March. I'm a little concerned now, all right? Like, I have a tinge of tinge of concern, tinge of doubt. So I, I think it's important to separate that and understand that we have a long way to go. We don't need to be pushing any sort of buttons. We don't need to be worried about our guy who we know is great. And as I said in the review today, like, Michael Jordan had bad games too. Kobe Bryant had bad games too. All of these guys have had bad fucking LeBron. Like, anybody, you name it, they've had bad games. They, they're not going to be awesome all 82. I'm sorry. I know you want them to be. I want them to be. It makes it more fun for all of us. But there are some nights they're just going to suck. All right? And Giannis sucked on Friday. He bounced back really nicely on Monday. And that's all you can ask. And now you have two divisional opponents. And that's been, those have been good spots for Giannis in the past. And we'll see if they can keep taking advantage of those. Uh, as the week goes on. Uh, also worth noting, Pat Conton back. Uh, that's great. He played 60 minutes, hit a three, seven points. Uh, just good to get Pat back into the rotation. Uh, I think that will benefit the Bucs as he you know, gets to full speed. The Bucs have definitely needed needed his athleticism off the bench, and I think it will help. And it just it just adds to what the Bucs do on a night-in, night-out basis. So good, good having Pat back. Uh, Drew's starting to look healthy, right? Uh, he played 28 minutes, started after being on the bench in the game against Philadelphia. Uh, Holiday had a crazy shot, too, uh, on the baseline. So, yeah, I, I think Drew is back, and that's that's a really good sign, right, that he didn't re-aggravate after he got out there, um, and he's, he's feeling good. And so Calvary slowly but surely coming back together. Chris Middleton went back up to Oshkosh to practice. Uh, my guy Shafty, who is all things Chris Middleton, uh, pointed out that there was a tweet a little while ago that Bud had basically said, yeah, he's going to need two like herd practices before we're going to bring him back to the games. Now another Middleton practice. Could we see Chris Middleton back against against the Bulls? Would be kind of ironic since he hurt him hurt himself against Chicago, uh, maybe that's a little little bit unlikely, but maybe Cleveland's a possibility. Uh, I would not put out Chris Middleton uh, being back this week. And I told you guys what I'd heard was Thanksgiving, um, which and that would align. And that would that would line it right up with Wednesday or Friday or even Sunday. So we'll we'll have to see if Mids comes back and the boys are at full strength. 
Uh, last thing before we do Golden Kegs, Bud, Bud called out the officials after the game. Uh, after Giannis took another brutal foul that was called a common foul. It wasn't called a flagrant foul. You could argue just on the stills that it, the guy, Drew Eubanks, should have been thrown out of the game. Drew Eubanks on the fucking list. Like, fuck that guy. That guy is a prick. Like, out. Like, I, I have nothing. I do not want you on the team. I don't want to see you. I'm happy you're in Portland, not in fucking Philly or something like that. But here's what Bud said per Gabe Stoltz, uh, who's writes for Brew Hoop. Uh, Gabe said that Gabe, this is Bud's comment from, from Gabe. I, I just think sometimes the hits that Giannis is taking, the league needs to look at them. The league needs to protect him. He also said other players need to be protected as well. So, yeah, that that is so great from Bud, man. Bud, I think we've asked him to be more critical. This was years ago. This is before the Bucks won the championship. It's when, you know, sort of that fire Bud stuff was, was simmering, if you will. And we get just livid about some of the officiating to Giannis. And we're like, just say something. Just say something. And so I feel like the fact that Bud doesn't say something, he said something tonight, um, it, it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, we've had enough. And I do wonder how this game will be officiated against Chicago and Cleveland this week with Antetokounmpo. And if we're going to see some moments where, you know, they listen to Bud and they acknowledge that acknowledge Bud's concerns. All right, let's do through, uh, Golden Kegs. We haven't done this for the Bucks in a while, which I, I got to be honest, hand up. Uh, Golden Kegs is really fun for the Bucks. Or really fun for the backers. It's really fun for the Bucks. It does really great on TikTok. So that's awesome. And I appreciate that. So I do want to, it must be pretty good. So let's do it as a podcast segment. Sometimes, you know, we just get caught up. There's too much going on. Uh, obviously, Friday, Saturday games fuck with us. I almost did a pod Saturday, by the way. Um, if I had a little more time and I, I didn't have many responsibilities at the house, uh, you know, still still a new homeowner, so you still got a lot of shit going on. But if I didn't, I might have got on the podcast after the Badger game and, and talked about Giannis on the ladder. But I didn't, um, and I, I guess I'm kind of glad I didn't because Mitch and I ended up pr- talking a little bit about it on Monday's show. So kudos to me. But anyway, speaking of Giannis, he is the Golden Keg winner at the three keg level, uh, 37, 7, and 6. Uh, just great game. Uh, at the Nurkic dunk, the dunk on Nurkic was fantastic i mean just put him in a goddamn blender it's great to see um definitely what you love from Giannis onto the kumbo uh bringing the thunder bringing the noise and that was a big time dunk uh from the greek freak uh two kegs grayson allen uh 17 on eight shots he also had eight rebounds uh grayson looked good tonight and i don't know if you saw this we didn't talk about this on the pod yet but uh, windhorst had reported that basically if the Suns wanted to do a Grayson Allen for Jay Crowder deal, it'd be done. Uh, the Bucks are still interested in Jay Crowder. Uh, they're willing to trade Grayson Allen away. Suns aren't too fond of Grayson Allen. This is a pretty good showcase game for Grayson. Uh, and we'll see what happens. And maybe we'll talk about that more tomorrow. Uh, because have an interesting take. I love Jay Crowder, a uh, Marquette guy. But I do, I do, I have a little bit of a concern with that trade. So maybe we'll talk more about it tomorrow. Uh, number one, one keg, uh, which is our worst. Marjan minutes, man. Marjan only played five minutes in this game. Uh, looks like with Pat Connaughton being back, uh, that they're, the minutes aren't there. And that sucks. And I do think at some point, you know, he'll get those Jordan Noir minutes. Jordan Noir had 18 in tonight's game. Uh, but it's just not his time at this point. And that's sort of the, buds, the Bud rookie school, right? 
Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm encouraged by him. I'm not, I'm not holding out hope that we will not see Marjan again, and he'll be just buried on the bench. No, no way. I don't think, I don't think that ends up happening. All right, let's do Chuck's corner, and then we'll ride out of here. For those unfamiliar, Chuck's corner is kind of part of the podcast where we just chill out. We just hang out. We don't talk necessarily about local sports. We sometimes talk sports, but it's more, it's more a little more casual. So we have the World Cup. And the World Cup is on the U.S. tie Wales one to one. I said seven seven one to one, and it was the tale of two halves. I tweeted out like, "Am I watching Green Bay Packers?" Because like the first half was awesome. First half was great. Like the U.S. had had came under a little bit of scrutiny. It, it looked like they were you know kind of responding to the haters, if you will. And then the second half happened, and they got tight. The substitutions were a mess. Uh, it Nothing made sense. Gio Reyna not out there. A guy plays for Dortmund, uh, for those unfamiliar. It's like the second best soccer club in Germany. Uh, I don't know if it is this year. I will get fact-checked by my German soccer boys on that. Uh, but regardless, he should have been out there. Now, Burhall just said, I heard in training. There's kind of some con- contrary stuff going around here and there. Okay. What I, I don't really need to recap it because I don't know shit. Um, you know, the substitution stuff and all that was just me sort of gathering from the internet. But what I do think is interesting is how we just all become soccer fans again for four, four years. I do think sometimes World Cup could be a springboard to becoming an EPL fan, becoming a La Liga fan or a Bundesliga fan. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, I think for some of my friends, it, it, it has been that. And but I think the World Cup is just a cool event. I think the fact that there are sports on at 7 a.m. You can wake up every day and turn on the World Cup for a couple weeks here, and you can watch it all, all, all you know, all day, and get on board with different teams and say, all right, yeah, I look, whether it's your betting on it, whether you like the story, whatever it may be, right? You you could have that opportunity, and I think that's what makes the World Cup special. And I. I for one enjoy it, like I, I do, and I think that's why everybody gets on the bandwagon. Everybody starts becoming an expert on soccer. You know, all it takes is one game to watch, and we all know how you know substitutions work. We know about Gio Reyna not playing. We know Pulisic is beat up. Uh, Matt Turner made a great save. Then he, you know, couldn't handle the PK from Gareth Bale. But then again, Gareth Bale, one of the better PK kickers. Like you, you all of a sudden know all that, and. Uh, Acosta, I actually know his first name, so there we go. Kalen, I think it's Kalen Acosta, uh, saved saved a potential absolute heartbreaking goal from Garrett Bale. And if he doesn't follow him, who knows, right? Who knows what happens there? It was definitely worth the yellow card. And that's now all in our zeitgeist. It's all in our memory bank. And I think Friday is going to be a nuts fucking day in, in Milwaukee. I think it'll be nuts everywhere. Uh, but I think Milwaukee, you get the weather's going to get a little nicer. It's not going to be as nice as Thanksgiving, which is like 49. It's going to be 42. But still, weather rocking. I think there is going to be a bunch of people out. Um, and I guess my best advice on that, too, if you are going out, which I plan to do with some friends, is don't be like set on having to watch it at a soccer bar. Um, this happened to us. God damn. Was this 2014? It probably was. So it was 2014, or was it 2010? No, I was, might have been 2010. It might have been 2000. Well, regardless, it doesn't matter. We were going to go to Nomad, 
this is the middle of summer, and I saw some tweet about how much better the World Cup is in summer. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, you have nothing else going on, right? There's just baseball. You have so much fucking sports happening right now. Like, uh, as I said, it's Bukaki sports. So it's, it's a lot. Um, I think the fact that, well, so anyways, the story that goes, sorry. The story goes there is that we were going to go to Nomad. We couldn't, couldn't get anywhere. We had to go to the tip top of Jack's and watch the game at Jack's. And we had a great time. Like, it was an awesome event. I think Portugal scores late against us. That might have been 2010. But it doesn't matter. Uh, it was, uh, it was definitely one of those ga- one of those moments that's memorable, and I can't wait to do it on Saturday or Friday, excuse me. And it should be a lot of fun, and can't wait. And it sparks a awesome, awesome sports weekend. And we talked about it yesterday, so we'll talk more tomorrow. Uh, we'll we'll have another pod. I don't again. I don't know if it's gonna be the last one. Um, that's I'm kind of in a tricky spot. If for some reason, I'll tell you. Okay, I will do this. I'll, I'll hold myself to this. We'll do storylines tomorrow for Eagles Packers. All right. Like we usually we do on a Monday, Wednesday show. Let's talk about some other stuff. And I will do the should I bet stuff on like Instagram stories, TikTok stories, if I'm not able to do it as a podcast. Okay. That's to me, that sounds like a best option. So then if I'm not able to get you the podcast, I will just do the betting stuff on stories um, on Friday. And so you have that as well as my likely depiction of what's going on from a World Cup perspective at one of these venues. All right, take it, not, <laughs> I should say, venues like in Milwaukee, not in Qatar. I'm not going to Qatar. Don't worry about that. I, I don't, I'd be very interested if my wife would let me go to Qatar. I should ask her. I should ask her that question. That'd be fun. Uh, maybe I'll follow up on tomorrow's show with that. All right, guys, I've wasted your time long enough. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Uh, like I said, hit us up, reviews, uh, rate them. Uh, follow us along on social. We will appreciate all, any and all. All right, take care. I'm going. Bye.